Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning. We continue our series this fifth Sunday in Lent called Wandering in the Wilderness. It has felt like a wilderness this past year, and for many of us, this past year especially has been a year of simplicity, of sacrifice, and of sorrow, all of that becoming part of the daily realities of living during a pandemic. As we do this in this series, we are exploring the characters in the scriptures in the Bible that have these transformational encounters with God in the wilderness. Let's define that wilderness again. A wilderness is defined in the Bible in the dictionary is a wild, uncultivated region like a forest or desert, uninhabited or only inhabited by wild animals. Yet we know that life can feel like a wilderness at times. And this is the truth we're going to land on today, that Jesus embraces truth in the wilderness. Ultimately, what is that truth? Well, before we get there, let's kind of get prod your brains here a little bit. You know, a week after daylight savings, make sure you're up and thinking. You know, here's a question for you. What feelings do you experience when you feel separated and alone? I mean, especially this year, many of us have felt separated and alone. But there are other moments in our lives we feel separated and alone. And maybe the first time we, we go off for college, or when our kids go off for college, or you know, we're traveling and we're alone, or something is going on in our life, even though there's others around us, we may still feel very alone. Not to mention we're living this pandemic, and a lot of us, until more of us are getting vaccinated and stuff, you know, felt like we are alone and separated. And that sense of, of loss. You know, and if you've had an experience like I have, I bet you most of us have when you were a little kid and you were shopping with mom and dad. Did you ever go shopping with mom and dad as a little kid? And you know, and something catches your eye. It draws your attention as a kid and you are fixed on that. And then mom and dad, what do they do? They keep moving. You know, and you're right there. And, and the next thing you know, you know, like, either you want, you're feeling around and you're looking around and and there's a sense of panic, you know, you're scared, you're lost, you're hopeless, you, you, you're in despair because mom and dad are gone, and you don't know where they're at, of course, then quickly they're coming around the horn and like, come on, you know, or you do one of these experiences, and I've had this both as a kid but also as an adult, when you're, you go to reach for the hand, and you grab the hand, and you look up, and you realize, ah, you know, that's not mom or dad, you know, I don't know who that is, it's a stranger, had that as a kid too, but also as an adult, and I just look at the kid and say, it's all right, let's go find your mom and dad. But that sense of hopelessness and, and despair, when we feel lost, separated, and alone, is something we all experience in moments of our lives. And I think that sense of, of panic, uh, the sense of things are closing in, that sense of hopelessness, that's a bit what Israel was feeling at this moment in their lives. This is a dark time for Israel. So let's read together. We're going to start kind of in the, towards the end of the text we have today. Ezekiel 37, 11, we read together. The people say, our bones are dry and our hope has vanished. We are completely destroyed. Our bones are dry. Our hope is vanished. We are completely destroyed. Exiled, taken away from their homeland. Ezekiel, along with 10,000 others, have been taken away into a foreign land. Jerusalem, their city, has been devastated. The temple, the, the, the center of their worship, and it, which signifies for them God's presence with them, has been destroyed. It's in shambles. The treasures have been carried off. They have been arguing 
God, it's your fault. God, why have you abandoned us and have neglected to deal with the reality of their own sin and their own rebellion? So they are sad. They're scared. They're disappointed. They're hopeless. Now comes in, you know, the prophet Ezekiel. You know, one of the things about the prophets is that the prophets, you know, often God calls them to do weird things. Weird things to communicate to God's people. And in confirmation, you know, we learned this a few weeks ago. We call this a sign act. In other words, it's a non-verbal action or object to, you know, communicate to God's people what God wants to communicate to them. Sometimes it's called repentance. Sometimes it's words of encouragement. I'll give you some of the crazy things that, because Ezekiel had a lot of them, that he had to do. He had to draw the outline of Jerusalem on a brick and then march around it like an army. You know, he had to lie on his side for 390 days to signify Israel's 390 years of sin and rebellion. He had to make up a strange mixture of food, and then the fuel to cook that food was supposed to be human dung, but he convinced God the cow dung worked better. To signify again, you know, what the people were going to experience, he had to cut his hair and his beard. A third, he burned. A third, he chopped it all up, and a third, he threw out to the wind. And then when his wife died, the normal grieving process and, and traditions they would have, he was not able to do those. All of these to communicate to God's people in very vivid, powerful ways about their sin, their rebellion, about the call to repentance, about the encouragement and the promise of a God who continues to love his people even when they rebel. And then, not only does you know, the prophets have these sign acts, they also get these visions. Sometimes these visions are just kind of crazy and wild, like this vision that we have here in Ezekiel 37. That, that Ezekiel is brought and given a spectacular vision of hope. Let's read together Ezekiel 37 verses 1 and 2. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that cover the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. So the, here's kind of the vision we have. First of all, Ezekiel, you know, again, he had been carried away into captivity. He's in a foreign land. But God brings him out. It's kind of like his, his hand is on me. He brings me out, and he pits me, you know, into this valley of dry bones. So you imagine Ezekiel here is a prophet, and he's kind of like knee deep, you know, ankle deep in a bunch of dry bones. Now, this is not something that is um, an abstract thought for Ezekiel, all the people that Ezekiel would have shared this vision with. It, it was not an unusual thing to see a piles of dry bones in a valley after a battle. Because when there was a battle, the army, the, the, the winning army, would take and they would scound, so they would take everything of any value off the soldiers and they would leave those bodies to simply rot. So you're talking thousands of soldiers, bodies lying there, you know, deteriorating in the sun. And so to do that was to bring a sense of hopelessness to the families back home. And that's what Ezekiel has. He has this sense of hopelessness as he stands ankle deep in these dry bones. And I tell you, dry bones, they dry out. And especially like in the Arizona sun where I grew up at, we, I saw dry bones, not human bones. 
thankfully. You know, cow bones a number of times, coyote bones, snake, you know, all those kind of things. You see different things that had dried out in the sun. That, you know, that, that once had life is no longer has any life. And so here he is, all these bones that it, the, God says, this is like the house of Israel. They're all dried out. They feel hopeless. They feel desperate. They're in a panic. They feel all alone. They have no life in them. You know, maybe that's how, you know, you and I feel at moments. Maybe we all feel that way right now. A lot of us do because of the pandemic and a lot of the other conflicts in our society and our culture and that sense of being separated and alone as we try to work through all of this. And maybe there's other things going on in our lives on top of this. You know, there's, you know, conflict in our family, you know, in our marriage. You know, there's conflict and challenges in life and living today. Many of us feel alone and separated. And these very dry bones, this vision that Ezekiel's given, is a sign to the hopelessness that the people experienced. But then God asked him this question. Ezekiel 37, verse 3, the first part here. Let's read together. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? I mean, more literally, can, can these bones you know, have flesh and tendons and, and organs? Can, can they have a lung that can take and air and a heart that beats? Can they have life again? Can they, these dry bones that have had all the life dried, sucked out of them, can they become human once again? Can they become living beings? And I love Ezekiel's response. Let's read Ezekiel's response together. Almighty Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Now, Ezekiel, he's not being sarcastic here, and he's not being pious. He's being real. He's being genuine. Lord, I mean, you're the, you're the God of creation. You alone are the one who could bring life to these bones. You see, what God is helping Ezekiel, not only for himself, but that as a prophet so he can communicate to God's people, is because there's a way that we tend to deal with our problems. It says, and here's the question for us. Do we have more faith in our problems or God's ability to solve it? As we look at the problems and the challenges we have, do we have more faith in those problems or God's ability to solve it? Do we have more faith in ourselves to solve the problems, to fix the issues? Are in faith do we trust God's ability to solve it? This vision that God gives Ezekiel is the vision to bring encouragement and hope to him, to the people of Israel, and hope to us today. And ultimately, it's a hope that is rooted in an event that would happen centuries later, an event that we're going to celebrate in two days. You think about the disciples gathered behind closed doors, fearful and terrified, and then it comes bursting, you know, the women who say, his grave, it's empty, he's not here, he is risen. I hope at home he said he's risen indeed because the people here said that. Christ is risen. <laughs> Got to make get ready for Easter because, you know, that is our hope, a living Savior who promises that not only in the midst of desperate moments, in the times we feel like we are dried out, and hopeless that there is life and ultimately there is a life for all eternity in Jesus you know there's a great song that came out a number of years ago by Chris Tomlin if you're a fan of Chris Tomlin you know awake my soul based on these words of Ezekiel 37 awake my soul because it's in our Savior that we have life the truth that Jesus embraces is the truth of God's hope is a living hope in a living Savior 
a living hope in the most driest moments of our lives. A living hope because we know we are not alone. Our God, even though it seems like we are lost and forgotten, we are not. He has not, he will not ever abandon you or leave you. He loves you and he is with you. So here's a challenge for us as we go into this new week. What steps will you take this week to remind yourself that God is with you in your wilderness times? I think it's important for us to do that, sometimes more so than others. And maybe it's reading through Ezekiel 37 and hearing and experiencing this vision that God spoke to Ezekiel, that he shared with Ezekiel, that it's your vision too. It's a vision of hope, ultimately hope in Jesus Christ. Read it a number of times. Read it in different translations. Maybe you pop on to you know, YouTube or if you got the CD or Spotify and, and you listen to that song by Chris Tomlin, you know, Awake My Soul. But you hear that promise, promises in the 23rd Psalm, promises of a God who says, in the darkest moments, in the driest moments, when you feel like you're alone and abandoned and separated, I want you to know I am with you and I love you and I will never leave you. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the great gift of your love and grace for us in Jesus Christ. We give you thanks that you are the God of a living hope and that living hope we find in our Savior Jesus. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.